Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. I'm Christine, your host. We are so glad you are here and our hope is that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We continue our series on the wind. Here's Christine Geshom with today's message. Hi church, it's a joy and privilege to be with you again this Sunday. Uh, we continue our series on the Holy Spirit and this week for me personally has been so intense uh, because I had to really, really get into the word for one. Uh, secondly, I had realized just how much I needed the Holy Spirit. So um, I teach you with all um, humility today because I am still figuring this out. But the Lord has been so kind to me to explain things, to teach me. And I just hope that I can uh, give you a bit of what the Lord has taught me this week. So as you know, we've titled the series, The Wind. Um, as the Holy Spirit has been denoted as the wind many times in scripture. And we're going to look at uh, why exactly he's called the wind today and how that impacts our life. So to begin with, we're going to look at John chapter 3, where this is it's an iconic passage where Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus. And in this passage, Nicodemus comes to him by night and he asks him how he can have eternal life. And so this is the conversation that ensues, reading from John chapter 3, verses 7 to 8. And verse 34, do not be surprised that I have told you, you must be born again, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, sanctified. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it is coming from and where it is going. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God, proclaiming the father's own message. For God gives the gift of the spirit without measure generously and boundlessly. So this is basically what Jesus concludes that conversation with. He explains to him that he has to be born again. And Nicodemus says, how will I be born again? Can I go back into my mother's womb? And then Jesus says, no, it's born of the spirit. And he explains what the spirit is like. And so the first thing we must remember is the concept of the, the Holy Spirit is a mystery. We will not in this lifetime understand everything there is to know about him. And we also don't know the source and the direction that the wind takes in the same way we don't know everything that there is to know about the spirit. Also, the spirit has its own will. The wind has its own will. The wind moves as it pleases in the same way the Holy Spirit has his own will. He moves in a way we cannot understand. We can't control him with our agendas, with our demands. He moves on his own accord. And so that's what Jesus was explaining to Nicodemus from in John chapter 3. He was saying, hey, you cannot understand the spirit life, the spirit led life. You and I cannot understand it. And it's very important for us Christians to know this because the way the Holy Spirit is working in my life is not the same way he's working in yours. He could be working completely different in yours, which goes to say I cannot condemn or judge anyone else because I don't know what the Lord is doing in their lives. So the two things about the wind that you and I have probably noticed all the time is that one, the wind brings about change. If you stand within your house and you look outside, you will see that when the wind is blowing, things are getting blown along. Sand gets blown, flowers that are dead in, or petals on the floor get dragged along, plastic covers maybe get pulled along. There is change, there is movement because the wind is so active. It's not a passive quantity. The second thing that the wind does is it, it's not actually seen. You cannot see the wind. You can't say, I can see the wind right there, but you feel it. Your hair gets ruffled. Uh, you get pushed by the wind. The force is felt. Trees bend because of the wind. So to really, really quantify it would be hard. 
because the wind moves as it pleases it brings about change and so when i was thinking about that i realized that the holy spirit is so similar the holy spirit is similar in the sense that one he brings change second thing is that he is not seen but he's felt he's felt in our lives because of the fruit that he bears in our life i'm going to look at the book of galatians today with you we're going to look at galatians chapter 5 specifically 16 to 25 from the nlt version i'm reading it says this living by the spirit's power so i say let the holy spirit guide your lives then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves the sinful nature wants to do evil which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants and the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires these two forces are constantly fighting each other so you are not free to carry out your good intentions but when you are directed by the spirit you are not under obligation to the law of moses when you follow the desires of your sinful nature the results are very clear sexual immorality impurity lustful pleasures idolatry sorcery hostility quarreling jealousy outbursts of anger selfish ambition dissension division envy drunkenness wild parties and other sins like these let me tell you again as i have before that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of god but the holy spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self control there is no law against these things those who belong to christ jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there since we are living by the spirit let us follow the spirit's leading in every part of our lives let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another so like i said the first thing is the holy spirit is the wind that brings change but for this change to be felt in our lives we need to do two things we need to give him space to shape what does that mean if my life is cluttered with all of the things that the you know the things of the flesh that were mentioned there how will there be space for the holy spirit i'm reminded of my grandmother she she was not a hoarder in the typical sense but she loved plastic vessels so one of her shelves in her kitchen in her their little cottage in chennai was a, a whole shelf full of plastic vessels and her constant complaint to my mother was that she didn't have enough counter space so one summer my mom came down she opened this this one cupboard that just looked so jammed she opened it and out poured close to 100 plastic vessels uh vessels of all kind pointless um old and and really broken down which had stored been stored safely in this cupboard so she took everything out cleared it out and we got so much of free cupboard space and then my mom was able to put the vessels that had been long forgotten on the counter she was able to put it into the shelf it's very simple to understand this we need to sometimes clear the clutter in order to make space for the more important things in our life as i was reading this it's so easy to say i don't do those big sins but in god's eyes sin is sin there is no big or small and so every one of those things listed each of us if we were to just look at that one more time this is what it says in the amplified version it talks about sexual immorality impurity sensuality it explains it as total irresponsibility lack of self control idolatry sorcery hostility strife jealousy fits of anger disputes dissensions factions that promote heresies envy drunkenness riotous behavior and other things like these verse 24 says this and those who belong to Christ Jesus 
have crucified the sinful nature together with its passions and appetites. And that's the change the Holy Spirit brings in. On my own, I cannot put to death the things of the flesh. We can try. We can try really hard. We may have success for a bit. To have permanent success, we need the Holy Spirit's power in our life. We need him to come in as the wind and change those things that have to change. And the, the thing about the wind is, you know, you need to give it a lot of space to move. If you're in a, if you've noticed, if you live in a crowded locality, the wind doesn't have much space to move between all the tightly packed houses. But if you live in a wide open space, you'll actually feel the wind hitting you. Same thing with the Holy Spirit. He needs space to move. If you want the Holy Spirit to shape your life, you have to give him access. It's so easy to say, you know, we, we need to give in to the Holy Spirit's control. But I think today the Holy Spirit doesn't want control. He wants access. Will you give him access? Will you open yourself up and say, Lord, here's this wide open space of my life. Come in and move it. Take things out that don't belong here. We must give him access. We must open up our lives, every crevice and say, Lord, come in, have your way. The struggle between the flesh and the spirit is real. Like I said, it's so easy to give in to that burst of rage. It's so easy to say those words which we can't take back. But when the spirit comes in, he gives us self-control. He says, you don't have to say that. You don't have to justify yourself. Just be quiet sometimes. And that's what our life should look like. That's what a life opened up to the spirit looks like because he has space to shape. The second thing is, when the wind comes in to change us, he needs time to transform. The Holy Spirit needs time. This past week, I was myself confronted with some of the things of the flesh that I battled with. Um, I was making mango ice cream with the children. We had so many mangoes. We decided to, you know, um, go all out and make an ice cream. We were, I was making it with the three children. My mistake was that I was making it on the wrong counter. It was a wooden countertop. And so the three of them were poking their heads into the bowl. And when my oldest son poured the batter in, half of it spilled out. And I just lost it. I, To my uh, great shame, I, I lost it. I, I shouted at all three. Um, and the, the sad part was that they were behaving more spirit-led than I was. All three of them kept quiet and one of them cleaned the mess up. And then I told them to go to their room and they went to their room. But within two minutes, conviction fell upon me. I realized how... I had messed up because the mistake was on me and not on them. And, and the thing was, if this was about two years, three years back, I would have felt justified in how I reacted. I probably would have not um, felt bad about because I would have just thought, you know, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I'm allowed to do whatever I want. But the conviction of the Holy Spirit was so strong this time. Now, within five minutes, I, I put everything in the freezer as I should. And I went up to them and I hugged all three and I told them I'm so sorry because I messed up. This is nothing on you. You guys didn't do anything wrong. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. And I didn't give excuses for my behavior like I usually would. I told them, I'm sorry. I had no business shouting at you. And repenting in that way, I realized that the Holy Spirit was working in me. There was no longer self-justification saying that what I did was okay. I'm an adult. I can behave how I wanted. My kids had to see me repent. They had to see the Holy Spirit working in me. And so if I had to look back, from where I was two to three years back to where I am now, I know the Holy Spirit is working on me. And a lot of times we give the Holy Spirit a deadline. We say, you know what? Now I've accepted the Lord. Now I'm walking in the Spirit. Holy Spirit, I have these addictions. I have this struggle. I'm giving you a few weeks, few months max. I need you to move in my life. I need you to do something for me. But the way it works is we have until eternity for him to work on us. As long as we are on earth, as long as we have breath in our bodies, we are work in progress. 
He is working on us bit by bit, transforming us. I've seen many godly people who are living way into their 70s, 80s, who still have struggles, who still have issues that buffet them. But the one thing that differentiates them, that sets them apart, is that they can see the Holy Spirit's work in their life. They say, he's not done with me. He's still working on this area of my life. He's still doing that in my life. And I think that's what God wants. He wants us to give space first. He wants us to give time to transform. The Holy Spirit is the only one who brings transformation. It isn't us. For anybody who's struggled with an addiction, you know what it's like to get out of the addiction. It's not easy. But I want to challenge you today that if you ask the Holy Spirit in and you give him the time, you give him quality time, he will transform your life. I want us to look at verse 16 from the Amplified. It said, but I say, walk habitually in the Holy Spirit. Seek him and be responsive to his guidance. And then you will certainly not carry out the desire of the sinful nature which responds impulsively without regard for God and his precepts. Verse 25 and 26, it says, If we claim to live by the Holy Spirit, we must also walk by the Spirit with personal integrity, godly character and moral courage. Our conduct empowered by the Holy Spirit. We must not become conceited, challenging or provoking one another, envying one another. So when you look at this walking habitually, it's not a one-off instance. It's not saying once a month, on the first of the month, Holy Spirit, walk with me this month. It's an everyday thing. It's a discipline. It's saying, I need you right now, Holy Spirit, every single day. It's an act of discipline. It's an act of will. It's committing myself every single day and saying, transform me, renew me. There's so much in my mind that needs to be renewed. There's so much in my attitude that needs to be renewed. Original text for verse 25 says, we must walk in line with the Spirit. And so I'm just thinking about this. Most often I walk alongside the Holy Spirit or sometimes I walk ahead of him, which is why a lot of times have lacked peace. I don't have the joy that is promised to me. But in this case, what it originally means is walk in line, which means that the Holy Spirit actually draws out the path for me. Once I accept Jesus, he says, this is the path, walk in it. Most often I think he should follow my leading, but the Holy Spirit wants us to follow his leading. He wants us to trust him enough to say, Holy Spirit, you're leading me, I'll walk. I'll walk that line. That's what he's asking you to do. It it, As long as we are alive, for as long as we have breath in our bodies, like I said, be it till 75, 80, if we have to go earlier, until then he's working on us. But we must give him the time to transform us. It comes through intimate uh, devotion times when we're just seated alone, seeking his face through his word. Maybe we're worshiping. Maybe we're doing our everyday jobs, but we're so connected to him. And that's when he works on us. So to just conclude on this, the Holy Spirit is like the wind of change. He brings change if we would give him space to shape and time to transform. The second thing that I want to talk about is how the wind is felt rather than seen. Just as the wind outside, you don't actually see it physically. You feel it. Similarly, the Holy Spirit in our life, the fact that our life is is led by the Holy Spirit is only seen by the fruit we bear, the fruit that is grown and born in our lives. And the truth is this, that fruit is not grown by us. We have nothing to do with it. Once we give him access, once we allow him to transform us, the fruit begins to develop purely because of the Spirit's breath on it, because of the Spirit's presence in our lives. I want us to look at Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 to 23 from the Passion Translation. This is what it says. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love, 
in all its varied expressions, joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities for they are meant to be limitless. In the amplified version, it, it goes on to explain a few of them a little bit more. It says, but the fruit of the spirit, the result of his presence within us is love, which is unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while we wait. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is what is the promised fruit when we live a life filled with the Holy Spirit. A lot of times we don't see the fruit in our own lives. The beauty of it is that it's felt and tasted and seen by those around us. We're living in times which are so uncertain. They seem really scary. It also is a time when all of us have been confined to the four walls of our home. We're going stir crazy. Tempers are flared. Uh, words are being exchanged which are harsh and mean. And it's uh, it's a real reminder for us Christians to come to this place of saying, Holy Spirit, I need you because my conduct needs to improve. My relationship with you has to improve. The way I relate to others needs to improve. So the fruit of the Spirit, I say fruit because it's one fruit. They're indivisible. They're not different, nine different fruits. They're just one fruit. We have many works of the flesh, but one fruit of the Spirit. These nine different portions of the fruit are divided into three triads each. The first triad is love, joy, peace. The second triad is patience, kindness, goodness. And the third triad is faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, a lot of Bible scholars and teachers have believed that these three triads are concerning different parts of our life. If you look at love, joy, peace, it's concerning our walk with God, our relationship with God. Because it's in, the word in, in the original Greek is agape. The love that is talked about is not filio, it's not eros, it's not the kind of love we feel uh, for someone we love on earth or, or a brother or a, or a spouse. It's the love that God shows to us. The joy and peace come out of a constant relationship with God. Because if you notice the times we live in, it's not easy to feel joyful all the time. It's not easy to feel peaceful at all times. We, we have struggles at home. We have struggles with the neighbors. We have struggles with work. These are tough times. But if you have a long-standing relationship with God, this fruit is just born. You just have the love of God in your life. You have joy no matter how hard your circumstances. You have a peace that passes all understanding. People can't understand why you're so peaceful. The second triad talks about our social relationships. Patience, kindness, goodness. Be it with our children, be it with our neighbors, be it anybody. If the Holy Spirit is leading us, this is the fruit that will come forward. This is the fruit that is displayed. And the last triad is faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. It talks about our conduct. It talks about our character. Because when no one is watching, who are we? Are we the same as when everyone's watching? Our inherent conduct. That's what the last triad talks about. And here's the interesting thing about fruit. It is not grown by us. A regular fruit on a plant grows on its own. All we do is probably water the plant. The fruit growth happens supernaturally. Similarly in our lives, this fruit we don't have any hold on how it happens. We don't get to decide which fruit gets exhibited when. When we submit to the Holy Spirit, when we open ourselves up, give Him access, He bears the fruit for us. We are the ones who display it, but He grows it. In John 15 verse 5, Jesus says to His disciples and to others, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, 
he it is that bears much fruit for apart from me you can do nothing the word fruit there and the word fruit in galatians are the same karpos he's saying that apart from me you can do nothing so if we want to bear this fruit all we have to do is abide in christ all we have to do is give access to the holy spirit he does the rest it's a supernatural thing it's not something we can quantify it's not something we can explain it just happens i've noticed that sometimes we're so resistant to the move of the holy spirit so if you're someone who's saying but i know that he's in me but uh, i feel like i'm not actually changing i feel like nothing's really then what living with power I, i feel like i'm not being transformed then maybe you have the problem that i had wherein we actually resist the movement of the wind in our lives we actually say you know what lord this part of my life i think i'm all right i'm okay i don't need you to come into that space or maybe we say you know or we we dampen him and he's saying don't speak at this time i'll handle it but we decide to open our mouth and it ends in strife um that struggle between the flesh and the spirit can be only overcome with the holy spirit not because of us not because of our uh, self control or even self control is given by the holy spirit so i want to encourage you today whatever your struggle be without the holy spirit you cannot achieve anything you cannot beat it you need the holy spirit he's highly essential like we learned last week and only he can give us the power we need to win that struggle between the flesh and the spirit even as i close i just want to remind you that the holy spirit is a wind who can bring about change if only we would give him the space to shape and the time to transform he wants access into our lives he doesn't want to control you he wants to lead you along the path that is set for you would you allow him to do that The Holy Spirit is a wind who wants to be felt in your life. He might not be seen physically but he is definitely felt and he wants to be felt by the fruit that you bear. Will you open yourself up to him and say Lord have your way in me. Whatever you want to do with me it's fine. I trust you because I know at the end of it the fruit that is born will be so sweet to taste. Will be so nourishing for those around me. So if today you're asking me I love this Holy Spirit. He sounds so interesting. He sounds so vibrant. He sounds so dynamic. I want him. But I don't know who Jesus is. I I'm confused. Who is Jesus? Why do I need him? I want to tell you this. Jesus is the son of God. God the Father sent him down to earth to meet the needs of mankind because on our own mankind we were we were doomed. But Jesus was sent down. He walked the earth. He did signs and wonders. And after 3 years of serving people he was crucified on a cross he died in a horrific way but amazingly he rose from the dead 3 days later and today he's alive he ascended to his father in heaven and as he returned to his father he sent us the holy spirit and so if you feel your life has been dull your life has lacked purpose i encourage you to invite jesus in because that same power that raised him from the dead is still at work it's still alive the same holy spirit who who was there in the, the times of jesus as soon as jesus ascended he's still active he still wants to help us so if you want to invite this jesus into your life if you say i need jesus i need that power i need to be recreated from within i need to be rejuvenated jesus is the answer for that so i want you to pray this prayer after me dear lord i thank you for sending your son to die for me i confess i am a sinner in need of your grace i ask that you will forgive me of every sin 
and restore me to you. Come into my life and be the Lord and Savior of all of my life. I give you complete access. I pray that your power and your love will fill me today. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. If you're someone who says, I know Jesus, I love him, but I need the Holy Spirit. I want more of him. I don't understand everything there is to know, but I need more of him. I want to pray the scripture over your life. From Songs of Solomon, chapter 4, verse 16. I'm reading it from the Passion Translation. I just want you to close your eyes and allow the words to flood your soul, to wash over you, because I think there is power in this prayer. Reading from Song of Solomon, chapter 4, verse 16. Then may your awakening breath blow upon my life until I am fully yours. Breathe upon me with your spirit wind. Stir up the sweet spice of your life within me. Spare nothing as you make me your fruitful garden. Hold nothing back until I release your fragrance. Come walk with me as you walked with Adam in your paradise garden. Come taste the fruits of your life in me. I have come to you, my darling bride, for you are my paradise garden. Come walk with me until I am fully yours. Come taste the fruits of your life in me. Father in heaven, we just pray that every single person who is watching this right now will experience this Holy Spirit wind in their lives. That Lord, this wind would cleanse us, this wind will empty us of all that is not of you and this wind will bring in all that is of you. I pray that Lord areas in which we are weak, areas in which our flesh is struggling, I pray that you will strengthen us, that you will help us win this battle against the flesh, that the spirit will be victorious because of the Holy Spirit's work in our life. We thank you Lord that you are not done with us. We thank you that we are still work in progress but still you call us your masterpieces Lord. And we're grateful for that. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion, And to connect with us, go to weazion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus, finds life.